Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Already the last weekend of April, and we're wrapping up Earth Month. We're going to talk about recycling with one big company, with one big company's expert coming up today. We're also going to find out, speaking of the environment, is an electric car right for you? And speaking of cars, we're going to do some traveling in an RV. We're going to talk to one of the authors of the new book, USA RV Adventures. And speaking of traveling, tips for traveling from AARP, the magazine that guarantees families will have a great time while saving some money. Starting us off, though, we're also wrapping up Autism Acceptance or Appreciation Month. Robert Bernstein, his book, Uniquely Normal, Tapping the Reservoir to Normalcy, was recently followed up by the companion guide called The Uniquely Normal Manual, Using the Bernstein Cognitive Method for Autism. We catch up with Robert and find out what he has coming up next. Robert, welcome. It's nice to have you back again. We talked the last time about uh, Uniquely Normal, and this time we have you here during April, which is Autism Awareness Month, and we know that you have been teaching and writing and meeting people, treating people for aut- with autism for decades. So let's get a little bit of what you have learned about things that people facing autism, individuals and families today that others may think about, but maybe that's not the way it is. Well, first, thanks, Paula, for welcoming me again. The autism community would say it's more of autism acceptance month or autism appreciation month the awareness part is is not enough anymore <laughs> we're, we're beyond the awareness we want to be accepted we want to be appreciated and maybe i'll go into that a little later and as far as what we're looking for now in terms of what we can do as parents as teachers thinking about our autistic kids and think about what happened I said, this is really interesting. This parent was in in tears saying, I I don't know how much and when I should push my child. Five-year-old kid, she wanted to go to a party. The the kid says it's going to be too much noise, and the parent says, okay. Well, yes, every kid has these sensory sensitivity. If the parent pushes the kid and the kid's successful, then the parent feels, Okay, not great. The parent feels, okay, that's a neutral thing. The kid did a good job. Okay, I did a good job. If the parent makes a mistake like she did the other day, she's upset because I should have pushed my kid to go to the party because she would have had a good time. She saw the pictures afterwards. Here's the answer to that question. It's not a question of pushing your kid. It's a question of including your kid in the decision. Have your kid be part of that decision. So the burden isn't on you. So you're not in tears to do the right thing. Okay, you're sensitive to noise. Okay, maybe we should try it out. We could leave after two minutes. We could see how it is. Maybe with some of these kids, if they're engaged, it doesn't matter how noisy it is. So that's one message that I'm I'm taking from this um, autism awareness appreciation month 
that your kids be part of the decision and don't have the burden totally onto you. I think that's great because, again, it also teaches children that they can make choices and they can make good choices. So, yeah, that would seem like it would make a lot of sense. See, this is why I like you, Paula. You always bring up an angle that may be even more important than what I first started out with because when you say the idea is for the kids to make choices, I think of another word I associate with that, and that is respect. If we are the ones always telling the kids what to do, and I'll go out on a limb and I'll say, you know, think of it as a curriculum in the classroom. The teacher basically has a, a list of things of telling, basically telling the kids what to do without including the child as to how to do it. How do I learn best? So have your kids have a say in what they learn. Listen to your kids. And that's not, you know, so easy for me to say, but it's really not easy to listen to your kids and, and see where, they, where they're coming from. Well, that's sometimes it's because we as adults think that we know everything, but sometimes we don't. And I learned from talking with you before about the cognitive approach to autism that you gave us the information about. Maybe even just explain to our listeners who hadn't heard you talk about it before exactly a little synopsis of the cognitive approach. The best way to talk about the cognitive approach is to compare it with the elephant in the room, what you, you kind of is alluding to, to the traditional behavioral or the ABA applied behavioral analysis approach. One approach, the ABA approach, really focuses on behavior and wants to change the behavior. The cognitive, which is a developmental approach, after decade of using the approach, I finally, I, you, my name is attached to it, so it's, it's, it's kind of cool. So this cognitive approach really looks to what's underlying the behavior. But a simple example might be a kid who comes into a classroom and doesn't want to sit down. All right, that's the behavior. We're going to make that behavior happen with the behavioral approach. Okay, I'm going to give you a reward if you sit down, or there's also part of that approach is punishment. Even though people along the lines of behaviorism aren't not a politically correct thing, punishment, but it's part of the approach. And if you don't sit down, then, right, there are going to be negative consequences. A cognitive approach is entirely different perspective. Maybe the kid is too much noise in the room, like we were talking about before, that he's kind of thrown. Maybe the seats were changed. And to the teacher, it doesn't mean anything that you kind of change the arrangement. To this kid, and there are documentation to this, that he's just frozen by the door because he, you know, he's just thrown that the teacher changed. Something that you, the teacher, the parent may not even be aware of. Maybe if you direct answer to the cognitive approach, do something that people usually don't do. Ask the kid why. It's amazing how we don't, you know, hey, how come? What, you know, is there an issue? And maybe the kid will tell you that goldfish died or something in the morning. You know, who knows? But there's a difference between the issue here, to be totally honest with you, the issue is I interviewed, I do interviews every month for the United States Autism Association, the people all over the world who are in, have these therapeutic approaches to autism. So I had this wonderful, wonderful woman, Lori Unum, who single-handedly got ABA insurable in all 50 states. In other words, this is the only method that you can get, say, 20 hours, and this is the way it often is, 20 hours of therapy that's totally paid for by your insurance company. And like that's what where, you know, there's this movement, this cognitive developmental neurodiversity movement that's kind of what up against, in a way, the, the flow of traditional therapy that has a multi-billion dollar industry in giving these kids this behavioral approach. So that's why it's been brought up to me many times that it's different from what's out there. So what's the latest on it then? Because I have a funny feeling that it's continuing to expand and grow, the neurodiversity uh, idea. It is. It is. And, you know, it could be seen either way, but it, it really is. It's, it's really growing. It's a, it's a movement, really. It's, if you think of these words, acceptance, 
appreciation. I had on one of my webinars, Bob Smith, who walked in the Selma March with Martin Luther King. So he knew Martin Luther King personally. I had uh, a person from India who knew about um, Gandhi's salt march. I had Judy Singer, who is credited, uh, the, the word neurodiversity, which kind of means different, you know, people. So I had all three of them on my webinar, and we're all talking about the same thing. You know, this idea with the civil rights movement and people who are not recognized and appreciated by the powers to be, we're really all talking about the same thing. And the movement, I think, you're right, it is getting stronger. I think people see that it's all kind of the same mentality of, hey, you know, we want to be accepted. We want to be, in a way, invisible. We want to just be part of our universe, our, our system. I mean, the latest thing is that I'm, I'm writing another book with a co-writer who's Marsha Eckert. She's one of the leading psychologists in the country, especially with women and girls with, with autism. And I'll just tell you one, I think, very powerful thing that kind of alludes to your, the answer to your question of what the next step is. According to her research, so many kids, especially girls and women, they are underdiagnosed as being autistic partially because they know how to act. They mask their authentic selves because they could act so-called normal and get away with it. But what happens with these kids that don't bring out their authentic selves, they have more suicidal ideation. They think of suicide more often because they can't be themselves. And this is traumatic. And, tra and traumatic is not an understatement because that's what our book is, is about, having people aware that the systems that we're using, the school, many of the school systems today, are really having traumatic effects on some of these kids that last a lifetime because we're interviewing people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and they're still traumatized what's happened when they were young. You know, work like I'm, I'm doing with uh, Marsha Eckerd, and I think it is growing. And thanks for that question, because I, mean, I think people are aware there has to be systemic change, and that's exactly what we're calling for in education, a, a real paradigm shift. It goes a little beyond my, my work with autistic kids, but it's, you know, it's all, it's all part of the same thing. And now that you're talking about that and that there are other things coming, where can people go in order to find more information about cognitive, about other things coming up in the future? Right now, people could support one of these great organizations. They're called, it's called Neuroclastic, and it's autistic people helping autistic people. And this is from this, uh, my client. Uh, he's a rapper uh, who put out a song, by the way, Do With It. And he created this idea of selling shirts labeled uniquely normal. And I don't get a cent from it. It all goes to Neuroclassic, but it does use my, the name of my book, Uniquely Normal. And the idea of this is this, you get a shirt from Bonfire, Uniquely Normal, and then you wear it, and then you post a video of you saying I'm uniquely normal in some way. Like Mikey is going to say, you know, I'm autistic, but I use my autism to write these rap songs. And, and like, hey, it's, I'm uniquely normal. And then you post it in the idea that it's going to go viral. That's one of the latest things that's happening. You could go to my site, robertjbernstein.com, and get information about all of what we're talking about today, the cognitive approach, the shirt, the how to get involved in this community, and, and there's a lot of good information there. Thanks again to Robert Bernstein, Uniquely Normal, Tapping the Reservoir to Normalcy, and the Companion Guide, the Uniquely Normal Manual. Coming up next, we're getting ready to travel on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. It's getting time to travel. We're going to introduce you to Bonnie Sinclair. She's one of the authors of the new book, USA RV Adventures. And starting us off in this segment, though, it's travel editor for AARP, the magazine, Jim Linehan. He's going to share tips that guarantees families will have a great time traveling with loved ones while, all importantly, saving money. 
Nothing I like better than traveling, Jim. And the folks at AARP always have our best interests at heart. So what can you tell us? Well, Paul, thanks for having me on. Uh, Every year at AARP, we conduct a travel trends survey of people over 50. And there were some really interesting findings this year. One is just how interested people are in traveling. We've all been kind of cooped up a bit in the past uh, couple of years or so. And this is really the year uh, travel's heating up. 60% told us they plan to take at least one vacation this year. And of that group, uh, most of them said they'll take three or four. And then another interesting finding is that car trips are much more popular in the survey this year than they have been in the past. People want to get out there uh, with their families and hit the road. And what do you think besides the whole idea of the time that we were inside with COVID that we couldn't go anywhere seems to be sparking this? We think that's a big reason for a lot of this is, uh, you know, how little maybe people have been able to to travel. Uh, I will say that uh, the respondents told us that they're less concerned about uh, COVID anymore. Uh, 81% of the respondents told us they think uh, travel is safe. Uh, but I would also say it's related to that, but that interest in spending time with family is uh, is really a big uh, motivator as well. People told us that uh, family trips in particular are really what they want to do. And where are people going? Okay, so when you hit the road from Pennsylvania, Maybe you want to go to Florida. Florida came up uh, very highly in the survey as a top destination. You can imagine, you know, with family trips, that being very popular with, with uh, all the attractions, things to do in Florida. The other places that scored well in the survey are California and also, interestingly, uh, Las Vegas, which has become more of a family destination over the years. That is a very interesting one. Having been there, I guess I can see that that's starting to come around now. And is it... In the summertime, Jim, that we're seeing this, or is it spread out throughout the year? It's spread out throughout the year. So whenever uh, vacation time, you know, it's good for you, that would make the most sense. The great thing about road trips is that they are flexible, so you don't have to do necessarily uh, as much planning as you might need to do with uh, air travel, uh, and you're not as locked in. You can sort of change things uh, as you see fit. Um, I will say one uh, tip for people, especially people over 50 who uh, may no longer have school-aged children they're traveling with, uh, one great tip is uh, don't go during the you know heart of the summer. That's when it's crowded and expensive. You probably have more flexibility if, if you're in that situation, and you could go, say, in the spring or the fall when the weather is still really nice and you can enjoy things that a lot of times are a fraction of the price. While we're on the subject of that, because... Everybody likes to save a little bit of money here and there, especially when they come to traveling. Are there other tips? And if people are flying, is it true that going on the off days instead of the weekends really do save you money? And does that also include other ways of looking at it? As you mentioned, don't go in the summertime if you don't have to. Right. I think that's probably our our biggest tip in terms of timing. I will mention that uh, we have all sorts of travel information along these lines at aarp.org slash travel, where we can tell you information on on how to uh, make the most of your trip, no matter what means of uh, transportation you choose. Um, but I will say in terms of uh, the road trips, even though that's more uh, economical in general, there are still some ways you can even save the money there. And uh, three quick tips I'll give you. Uh, one is, uh, get to know that GPS app you have because uh, in addition to just you know telling you what route to take, it can also provide you some gas price information in real time so you can save at the pump. Book the hotel as early in the planning process as possible because that's often how you get the best rate. But also check in right before you leave and see if maybe there's a last-minute deal you can take advantage of. Sometimes the hotels will work with you on that. And uh, take advantage of all those uh, rewards programs, whether it's a hotel chain, do you prefer, or if you like to shop around and get the best price uh, across hotel chains, you can get rewards points with uh, third-party booking sites. And that's true also uh, for air travel as well. Take advantage of those rewards points wherever you can. When we're talking about being on a budget and you mentioned the fact of traveling by vehicle, I'm sure there are many ways that you can save if you're traveling on the road, especially when it comes to not having to be locked in to where you're going to go to eat. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, one of the, uh, that's, that's one of the best conveniences of 
of car travel is that you can decide things right on the fly, right? So uh, again, there are lots of ways, whether it's through the GPS app you have or just uh, by searching through uh, websites on your phone, uh, you know, while you're on the road, not the driver, somebody else in the car, but you can, uh, you can find restaurants nearby. You can uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, comparison shop prices uh, for restaurants. So uh, a lot you can do and, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of great food across this country. So take advantage of that. But Jim, I have to say, and I, I won't hold you to this, but don't you miss the days of those big maps standing on the side of the road with it on the hood of the car trying to figure out where the heck you are? I can't say exactly that I miss those days. I know exactly what you're talking about. But my gosh, travel has gotten so much easier these days with the, the technology that we have. And uh, a lot of times, a lot of cars now you can take uh, your phone and, and plug it in so it displays right there on the, on the screen on the dash. And uh, boy, we, we really just we don't get lost in the same way we used to. I don't think. Exactly. Anything else, Jim, that you want to leave with our listeners? Well, of course, another great way to save some money on travel, uh, whether it's a, a road trip or uh, traveling by plane, become an AARP member. Members get uh, discounts on vacation packages and hotels and air travel, car rentals, and so much more. And uh, you can find more information about travel in general at aarp.org travel. Thanks once again to Jim Linehan for joining us. He's the travel editor for AARP, the magazine, sharing the tips that guarantee families will have a great time traveling with loved ones while saving money. And he's talking about car travel. Well, we're talking about travel on the road, but Bonnie Sinclair is here to tell us about USA RV Adventures. She wrote the book along with her husband, Grant, about their adventures in traveling in their RV. Sounds like a great time, and she has some great tips as well. Bonnie, you have so many things. I don't know how we're going to fit all of this in in the time that we have today. Wow. And I have your book, USA RV Adventures, 25 Really Epic Routes. You're telling everybody about RVing. I don't even know where to start, Bonnie. Where do you start when people say, what do I do first? Oh, gosh. You know, I would say the first thing is figure out what kind of RV you're interested in. And there's a wide range of RVs from things that you drive to things that you tow, big, small. You kind of have to just start there and then dive in and, and, you know, figure out what experience you want to have. And while we're on that subject, when you're talking about something like that, is there something to look at? Because sometimes you don't know exactly what's on the road ahead that you might be interested in. Right. I would honestly, the easiest thing for us was to go to an RV show and they have those kind of throughout the year in, in different cities. And you'll find hundreds of different RVs right there in one spot. And you can you know, walk around inside, outside, check them all out and just see what kind of feels right to you and feels like the right thing for your, um, for what you're looking for in an experience. Let's talk about some of those experiences. First, right off the bat, I open up your book and I see best for dogs. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a plus. Yes, we know that a lot of people love to travel with their dog, or we actually used to travel with a cat. And so we definitely wanted to put that in there to highlight what some of the, the pros and cons are about traveling with a dog. And, and lots of people do it, but there are some things to consider along the way. Probably things that people are saying, oh, what would we consider right now? But when you're away from your RV during the day, that was one of the things that struck me is that then you've got a pet who's in there for the day. Exactly. Yes, that is definitely something you have to consider. And you know, every dog will handle that differently. But you really do have to think about that and what the heat is like or the cold is like. Make sure that you are set up appropriately for that. It's a little bit different for everybody. Some people will take their dog out you know, for the day with them um, and go exploring you know, rather than leaving them behind. But then that also just depends on what you're doing and whether that is dog friendly. Um, so lots to consider there, but tons of people do take their, their pets with them and it is definitely possible. 
in your book, you have these places to go and there's so many and they're so wonderful. Bonnie, how do you decide? Oh, that is always the hard part. It really is. It honestly, for us, we kind of just started with, we want to make sure we see all 50 states and we just kind of picked an area and went with it. And then every year we would just kind of what are we feeling now? What, you know, what have we not seen? What do we still want to do? And there would definitely be times where, oh, we want to go, you know, California, but we don't have the time or we want to go, you know, wherever, but we know something else is going on. You know, you really just have to prioritize what's going to work for you in any given situation. Use things like a family vacation to visit family or a wedding to build a trip around or something like that. There's no right answer and you'll always be missing something, but you'll always have fun no matter where you're at. Well, I like the way your book is set up because, again, it has uh, different locations and you have a lot of great tips in there. Um, Right now, I just opened up to Texas and you have a path drawn and you have different things. and, And some of the things that people might not even think about, such as I saw going into Canada where you have to have the correct paperwork with you. So would you say that planning ahead is probably a good idea? It really is a good idea. And as much as we all love that idea of just, you know, hit the road and freedom and go wherever I want to go on any given day, the the unfortunate reality is that it's not always that easy, that there are things to think about, especially with an RV, making sure, you know, where you can or can't park it overnight, what roads are or are not good for an RV. Um, you know, things like if you end up wanting to drive to Canada or Mexico, being prepared for that. So you really do have to plan ahead. And that can be overwhelming, which is well, what we hope the book will will help out with. Well, it certainly does have all kinds of great information. And I think one of the things, especially for people who maybe have not done this on a large scale basis, maybe go, you know, take their camper to a uh, local forest over a weekend or something like that. But when you're looking ahead, what are some of the tips that you would give to people, not only to decide what to do and when to do it, but what to make sure you have with you? Oh, gosh. Um, You know, really, your RV is a house on wheels. So anything you would want in your house, you're going to want in your RV. So, you know, you just have all those daily living things. But then you also want to have just some of the basics that you would have in a car of what happens if your car breaks down, right? Same kind of thing with an RV. What if you get a flat tire with an RV or any of those little things that can happen. So basic safety stuff for any vehicle that you would want, um, basic repair tools that you might want both for, again, for a vehicle or for a house. And then just anything that's going to make living comfortable for you. Also, when we're talking about doing the traveling, you mentioned the fact of having to plan for certain things. And sometimes that can be difficult because I've been reading a lot about campgrounds now that are really booked up with RVs Mm -hmm. out on the road. What have you learned as far as that's concerned? Oh, yeah. Again, definitely just planning ahead. And really, you know, we um, actually just last week, we were booking our campgrounds for this summer into June and July. And we found places that were already full um, and had no availability, especially around like July 4th or any of the holiday weekends. You really want to book as far in advance as you can and, you know, be willing to be flexible But the other part of that is if something falls through and you have to make arrangements at the last minute, don't assume that it's impossible because other people cancel. You may not get your first choice, but you might get your second choice. And, you know, we've had good luck with that when we thought we were just going to have tons of trouble getting last minute reservations. We've actually had really good experiences. So, you know, yes, book ahead. But if you're if you're at a situation where you're trying to find something last minute, don't assume that it's a lost cause. And you have put on a lot of mileage out there doing all of the the routes that are in your book. Do you have a favorite? Oh, 
Our favorite, you know, we love, even though we live on the East Coast, we love traveling out West in the United States and getting out to the national parks. That is really national parks and state parks and just public lands in general. That is definitely our passion. So in terms of the routes in our book, probably the Grand Route, which pretty much circles the entire Western U.S. and hits many of the the popular national parks. That's probably our favorite, but seriously, we love everywhere we go for different reasons. They all have something that you can love about them. And do you have one of those, oh my gosh, you'd never believe it happened to us stories? Oh, we probably have way too many of those. We've had breakdowns on the road. We've had wonderful experiences with meeting people and getting help just when we needed it. We've had experiences where we thought we were going to be stuck somewhere for two weeks waiting on a repair and we made it, managed to get it done in two hours. You name it, it's happened and it's all been a great adventure. Besides seeing the country, would you say that meeting the people has been part of the wonderful experience? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely seeing the site is amazing and and what we do it for. But we have met so many great people on the road, just walking around the campground. Pretty much everybody is friendly and you're going to find somebody to talk to. And those people we are still Facebook friends with and, you know, we keep up with. That's always the joy is the people that you meet along the way. I would love to continue this conversation, Bonnie. But and we should also mention who's your travel partner? Oh, my husband, Uh, my husband, Grant, we wrote the book together and we do all of our travels together. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And yes, sometimes being together for weeks on end and an enclosed space can get a little dicey, but um, it's part of the adventure and it really forces you to have good communication skills. I wasn't even going to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) We handle it well. (laughs) Bonnie, if you could give us the information, where can people get the book? And I know you also have a travel blog, if you can give us that as well. So you can buy the book pretty much anywhere books are sold online or in stores. If they sell books, you'll find it there. And then our website is wanderfilledlife.com. And we have tons of information there on our site about the routes that are included in the book, along with lots of other things related to RVing and just general travel. And I'll be the one to invite you if you haven't been to Northeast Pennsylvania. You definitely need to stop by. Sounds great. We will add it to the list. That's Bonnie Sinclair, who, along with her husband, Grant, wrote the book USA RV Adventures. And it certainly is worth checking out, even if you're not going to be traveling in an RV, because she has some wonderful places to visit. And just like Jim Lenahan from AARP the magazine did, some great tips for travel safety and travel saving money. Coming up next on Special Edition, it's wrapping up Earth Month with recycling and electric vehicles on Special Edition. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. In this segment of Special Edition, we're wrapping up Earth Month with more suggestions on how we can keep Mother Earth healthy. 
We'll be meeting James Bell. He's Director of Corporate Communications with Kia America, and he takes on the question, is an electric car right for you? Starting us off in this segment, though, we meet Sage Kolpak. She is an Amazon expert, and she is going to tell us what Amazon and other retailers and consumers can do to reduce environmental impact. That includes packaging, like the kind you get from Amazon when you order something. Since 2015, she'll tell us that Amazon has eliminated over 1.5 million tons of packaging reduced package weight by 38%. And there are ways that we, as consumers, can help them do that. Sage, we're talking about Earth and it's Earth Month pretty much. And there's so many things going on. And I know you are involved with Amazon. And who else could I talk to about creating good things with boxes because we all have them somewhere in our house with the smile from Amazon on it. So let's start off by having you explain what's the best way to recycle things like that. Yeah, so happy Earth Month, happy to be here. Customers can head to amazon.com backslash second chance and that will show them all the different types of packaging we have and how to properly recycle them. One of the ones that I want to call out is our ship and own container program. So maybe you've received an Amazon package that doesn't have any Amazon packaging at all. It's just the product itself in its own box that arrives to you. This is the ship and own container program. These products have been tested to make sure they can get to the customer safely without any additional Amazon packaging added. In 2022, we were able to ship more than 10% of our products in ship and own container. This has been a great way for us to reduce packaging. But if we want to go into the Amazon packaging, starting off with the Amazon iconic box, this one's really easy. You're just going to break it down and that can go into your curbside recycling bin. And you may have noticed that you're getting different size boxes, you're getting different mailers, envelopes, uh, different materials. So Talking about our paper padded mailer, this is an innovation that Amazon material scientists and experts created, and it's a mailer solution that's light and compact, but it's totally made out of paper so that it's 100% curbside recyclable. It can go straight into your bin, same as the box. And then we can talk about the blue and white mailer. So this is also a great compact and light option. Mailers are really great when they're compact and light. That means that there's going to be generally fewer carbon emissions because there's fewer trips needed, fewer deliveries. We can compact those boxes into fewer trucks. And we worked with How to Recycle, which is a standardized labeling system. So if you look on these, you'll see the how to recycle label to store drop-off. So that means these are recyclable and they need to go to a store drop-off center. You can just search um, to find one near you. A lot of times they're at grocery stores, so I just like to layer it in to my errands for the week. This goes also for the air pillows you'll find or those plastic mailers without bubbles. They're all store drop-off, whereas the boxes, the paper padded mailers, the paper dunnage you might see that's kind of protecting product in there, those can all go into your recycling bin. Wow, there's a lot of things to consider there, especially when you're talking about all the different types that there are. Having the different types of packaging allows us, like I mentioned, when we have compact options and different size options, this allows us to reduce our packaging and kind of have specific packaging size to the specific product somebody's ordering. Now, when we're talking about all this technology, how does a company like Amazon come up with these things? So we've invented machine learning algorithms, and that lets us pick the right size packaging and materials for each customer order. And since 2015, we've been able to eliminate more than 1.5 million tons of packaging. And that is a big thing, because way back when, you'd order a pair of earrings and it would come in a box big enough for a vacuum cleaner. So I can understand how all those things have been changing. And did you get a lot of feedback from customers who are saying, you know, we the like just like that, the packaging could be changed or maybe we have ideas for packaging? Customers are passionate about packaging. I think primarily people have noticed that we've been able to adjust and make these changes. And we have communication on our packaging now, too, talking about those how to recycle labels and things like that so that people understand better resources like Amazon.com Second Chance. So, yeah, customers are noticing and using those different resources. 
And when we're talking about customers and people who are looking to do good things when it comes to the environment and recycling, are there things that customers can do even when they're placing an order that might be able to help in all of this? Yeah, so Amazon Prime members can select Amazon Day as their delivery option at checkout. This option makes it so that all of your packages are going to come on one particular day of your selection for that week. On average, this reduces packaging by 30%. In 2022, Amazon Day users were able to save 136 million packages. Wow, I didn't even realize that. I've seen the option, but I didn't realize the impact that it would have. And when we're talking about the company itself, there's a lot of things that are going on, obviously, inside. But are there things that are also happening outside, like improve recycling? Do they offer suggestions or? Yes. So um, we are part of the recycling partnership. And so that is an organization that works to improve curbside recycling in the U.S. Additionally, we've invested $10 million in the closed loop fund infrastructure. Similarly, they work on recycling access as well. Since um, they started in 2018, they've been able to improve recycling, curbside recycling in homes in of more than 4.2 million homes. What about products on Amazon? Because Sage, I know you are involved in the sustainability and all of the recycling. So are there ways for customers to be able to look at things and say, this might be a good thing for the earth or for recycling or for just living good in general? Yes, so Amazon has its Climate Pledge Friendly program. Products within this program and that have the Climate Pledge Friendly label have at least one sustainability certification. And um, a couple ones that I can highlight today, there's the Honest Beauty line. We have a tinted lip balm that I love to use, and it's EWG certified. So EWG certified means that it's been closely reviewed to make sure that there's no chemicals of concern on the EWG's list in the product. There's also Blue Land Laundry Detergent. This is a plastic-free detergent option that's also EWG certified as well as carbon neutral. And then Amazon Aware is Amazon's private brand line. All products in that line have a Climate Pledge certification as well. And it's really easy to identify these products. When you're searching, they either have the Climate Pledge friendly label. And if you click on the label, you can view the different certifications that it has. If you're searching for products, you can click Climate Pledge Friendly on the left sidebar, or you can go to Amazon.com slash Climate Pledge Friendly. You make it easy for people who are looking for those things to find them. So if we're looking for more information, especially on how to find things, how to recycle things, or maybe just what Amazon might have coming up in the near future under any of those topics, where would we go? Head to Amazon.com slash Second Chance. Sage, thank you so much. We'll have you back again and talk about maybe some more of those products. They sound great. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks once again to Sage Kolpak, Amazon expert on recycling different types of packaging. Now we're going to introduce you to James Bell. He is the Director of Corporate Communications for Kia America. And just like many other car companies, they also have electric cars in their lineup. And James is here to tell us how you can decide if an electric car might be right for you. James, we're talking electric vehicles. They're becoming very popular and a lot of people are starting to consider them. But you say that there are things that we should know about considering. What are some of them? Well, I think the first one is is real simple. It's just a matter of looking at your household, your life, your transportation needs, your commute, you're picking up kids, you're driving to grandma's house, just really kind of taking stock on how you're really using your vehicle. And I bet you're using it much less with less people on board than you think. There's just something in the American car buying psyche that says, I need the biggest vehicle I can. Because that one day I might have to go to the airport to pick somebody up or that one day we're going to load up the the vehicle and go to grandma's house or something. Yes, these things happen, but on a normal day-to-day basis, they're not. And so I think the first big step is to, as I say, to kind of take stock on what you need 
And when you do that, I think you'll find that in many cases, an electrified vehicle with uh, many of the benefits and features that they offer would be a better fit for your normal commuting life. Maybe you keep uh, a gasoline-powered uh, you know, SUV for taking the family to the cabin or to the lake or something like that or, or a longer drive. That's fine. I, I understand that. But the day-to-day, once you really think this through, the idea of leaving your house, so to say, every day with a full tank of gas, just the same way you leave your uh, house with a, your fully charged phone, that's a luxurious thing. And I think that's where electrification in personal transportation can have a big impact. A lot of people are concerned when they talk about electric vehicles that mm-hmm. they're going to run out of power. So how long does an average electric vehicle hold power for, you know, the running around that you just mentioned? Well, let's see. I'll think about in, in my company in Kia, our least expensive EV has a range of about uh, 280 to 300 miles. The average American drives about 20 miles per day. So again, from a commuting perspective, running around town, you're talking a, a week's worth of driving, no trouble whatsoever. For a longer drive, what we're starting to see is this transitional time. And it's actually quite interesting. I mean, it's, it's historic, really. We're seeing a transitional time that is similar to how it must have felt when you went from horse-drawn carriages to gasoline-powered cars 120 years ago. It wasn't as if suddenly there were gas stations on every corner. That took time. In fact, a friend was reading a book recently when he said that uh, it chronicles one of the first owners of a gasoline-powered car in New York City area. And the only way you could get gasoline then was to go to either the pharmacy or a, a farm supply store. And you could only buy it a gallon at a time. You know, using gasoline once upon a time was quite the hassle. Uh, and I think what we're seeing is people thinking that charging their vehicle is a hassle, but it's a uh, transitional time is really accelerating. We're seeing car companies co-invest with uh, private companies to start to put charging stations along highways and along traffic uh, routes where we know people will maybe be on longer road trips, so they need to be able to stop and charge, as well as for most Americans to be able to charge at home. Uh, put the charging unit in your garage, uh, run a, a power line out to your driveway, and again, leave the house every day with a full state of charge. So, yes, that was re- what they call range anxiety. That was a concern with the very early uh, EVs going back seven, eight, nine years ago. But really, if you consider the amount of charging that's starting to come uh, become available around town in combination with the fact that most of the charging is done at home, a vast majority. It really is a great option for many American drivers. Let's talk a little bit about weather then, because again, a lot of people here, especially in Northeast Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. we've got those winters and we've got those hills in winter. So what say you? If you're considering electric, make sure the vehicle that you are, are looking at has what's called an electric heat pump. And what that does is not to warm up the occupants, it's really to warm up the battery. What we've learned in how to, to manage uh, the happiness, if you will, of a battery is really evolved over the last few years. And at Kia, we put heat pumps on all of our electric vehicles. And what that does is it minimizes that temperature range that the battery experiences. They, they like to be in a nice warm position <laughs> like a human being most of the time. And so uh, some of uh, our competitors have put out electric vehicles that do not have heat pumps. And so when you're talking about those Pennsylvania winters, uh, you know, people are seeing the range drop down 40, 50%. There is some uh, degradation in range, maybe from 200 miles, or sorry, 300 miles on a charge to maybe 250, 240, but not half or less where people are getting stranded. It is really, if you live in a colder climate and you're looking at an electric vehicle, make sure that you see that thin the, uh, the specification that there's something called a battery heat pump, and that will make a huge difference. Are there four-wheel drive electric vehicles? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Absolutely. In fact, at the New York Auto Show, we're going to be introducing an all-new electric uh, SUV called the EV9, and that will be all-wheel drive. But other vehicles in our line today are also all-wheel drive because it's very simple. You know, when you use uh, do all-wheel drive in a gasoline-powered car, there's a lot more mechanical complexity that needs to go in your you're basically putting, you know, part of the powertrain to the front wheels and the rear wheels. So it's 
it gets heavy. There's a lot more metal underneath the car to make it all-wheel drive. But with electric vehicles, it's very simple. You just put some new electric motors in the front and or the rear, and away you go. So, yes, uh, many of the electric options that are on the road today are already all-wheel drive. Where can listeners go for more information on all these different aspects before they make a decision? Oh, real simple. Well, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say go to Kia.com and have a look at our very affordable EVs. You know, that's the other thing. People think that electric vehicles are expensive. Not at Kia. Very, very affordable, especially when you consider the fact that you will never go to the gas station again. Uh, If you go to Kia.com, there's a section there where you can kind of plug in your family particulars and and find the right EV for you. That's James Bell, Director, Corporate Communications, Kia America. I'm Paula Degnan. Thank you for joining me on Special Edition. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.